Yeah, the puhoro um, was the design on the bottom of the waka that, that thrashed or cut through the waves. So pū is the source and horo is speed, so it was the source of the speed breaking through the waves. When the waka was parked up and we migrated down from Hawaii, um, we took the design, the puhoro, and then put it onto the legs. So we mohored it onto the legs and called it the puhoro design onto the legs, hence the thighs being the, the source of your speed. Um, the patakiria is the rapa rapa, and then the paituara is the lower back. And the overall design is called a peha. Moko artist Richard Francis begins work on a puhoro, a traditional Māori tattoo on the back, buttocks and thighs. In this moko session, Shannon will sit with Richard over a few days. We sort of got it down to about four days, so spread over four days, two to three sessions per day, total 30 to 40 hours to complete. I'm here at Toi Ariki Moko Studio in Rotorua. Shannon arrives for his first sitting at 9am. His family have seen the first stages of his puhoro. They think oh, of it. They all love it. Yeah. Oh, can't stop showing them. <laughs> inspiration's one of his koro. Oh, yes, one of your koro's your inspirations. Yeah, help me free, uh... Of course, he's going through a bit of a hard time at the moment. He's, uh, he's a bit ill at the moment. Yeah, he's really Mauilians. So when, uh, when it gets really tough, I just think about him and know that this can't be nothing compared to what he's going through. So it's sort of helped me through it. E te tī, e te tā, kautoura te hunga whakarongo, he mihi mahana ki a tātou katoa. Nau mai anō ki te ahika, he momo wahanga o te ao Māori. Ko te kaupapa i tēnei wiki, ka nohoa hau, ki ngā rekereke o tētahi rangatira tāmoko. I'm with Richard Francis, moko practitioner at his studio, Toyariki. E A tēnā tātou, ko matawhaura te maunga, ko te roto iti i kite ai e i hinga i ariki ai a kaumata momoi te moana, ko Ngāti Tamatea Tūtai te hapu, ko Ngāti Pikiao te iwi, ko Richard Francis tōku inga, tēnā tātou katoa. Your studio, Toi Ariki, uh, when did you open this uh, studio? Oh, this particular studio I moved in about 2007, so just over 10 years ago. It's sort of CBD, Rotorua, above the famous uh, landmark Fat Dog. <laughs> famous cafe here in Rotorua, yes, yes. At the best uh, custard squares. <laughs> but um, yeah, before that I was down in, at the Marae Oonyamutu, Tamatakapua, underneath um, Whakaturia. Uh, before that I was down Kotu Road to Mahaurangi Marae. And when, when we moved home in 2002, I was at, just worked from home. I mean, the, aside from the obvious differences of marae versus studio, what, what's the differences for you? I found that at the marae was an awesome setting and, and it, was a, it sort of enhanced the kaupapa, but um, it was a little bit uh, intimidating for, for people that weren't, weren't used to the marae to come on to the marae to receive their moho. So uh, moving into town was a little bit more um, uh, uh, inviting, I, I guess, um, for people to come off the street into the studio. Yeah, I actually live here too, so my studio is very homely. It's um, you walk in, it doesn't look like a typical um, like or what a tattoo studio would look like. It it's a place where you feel at home, so automatically you feel comfortable. Ah, uh, the name. 
Toyariki. It's a composite word that I made up from um, toy is, um, as you know, Māori arts or the pinnacle, the utmost echelon. And then ariki comes from the waiariki area. So the, the way or the ariki is the, the thermal activity that comes from Ruomoko. And so my, my catchphrase for toyariki is art uh, of the god, and the god is Ruomoko, which um, he is responsible for giving us the art form of moko. Up a couple of flights of stairs in the lounge area, the walls are covered with art created by Richard's children. There are framed rugby jerseys and photos of national kapahaka groups that Richard competed with at Te Matatini. Toi Ariki is located in the heart of downtown Rotorua. Richard's passions are clear. Rugby, kapahaka, whānau and moko. Inside his space are photos reminiscent of his time learning moko under the guidance of Derek Landelli and the collective formed in the mid-1990s, Te Uhi. His career began when Derek Landelli, renowned artist and moko practitioner, came knocking at his door. When we all left school, we sort of floundered around, as you did in, in the late 80s, early 90s, um, and Derek came door knocking. And um, so when we first went in, to the Māori Arts course, which was then the Tairawhiti Polytech, um, we, we saw all of the boys from Boys High were, were the ones that he had come and sort of scouted. It wasn't until 19, this was 1992, we had our first year under Ivan um and sadly Ivan passed away that year. Derek then shoulder-tapped Sandy Adset to come in, and uh, 1993 was when we started Toi Haukura. Sandy Adset of Pahauera and Ngāti Kahunganu is a respected visual artist. Just recently, he was awarded an honorary doctorate from Massey University in Palmerston North. Richard talks about the tutors that helped shape Toi Haukura Design School in those early years. So it was our second year. Um, Randall Leach was the other artist. There's a few hene, hene uh, kerekere master weaver, um, Johnny Moitara, there's all these names we could rattle off that were all there at that time. Went on to pursue art as a full time career. Um, 93, Toyo could have started. 95, we graduated and we went on to do two, two year studio. Um, so we had an awesome connection between um, Sandy Adset and Derek Lardelli. Um, Sandy Adset was the modern world and Derek was the traditional world, so the combination of the two we were very, very lucky. Sandy then in turn took us around the world. We were poor hotter students at the time and ended up going to see the world. You know, you ended up in places like Sistine Chapel and um, on to Hawaii, University of Hawaii, and then all of a sudden we were in Grand Canyon, Santa Fe. Yeah, the Pacific Arts was another um, uh, festival that we attended. So in those early years in the 90s, we were reviving the art form of moho as well as being the workforce behind Te Aitinga, who was under Toi Māori Aotearoa at the time, Te Waka Toi. Um, so we did quite a lot of work uh, nationally with uh, Māori exhibitions all over the, the motu. So yeah, we just finished drawing? Just finished drawing, yep. Just drawing up. Yep. Just, just describe what you've got this morning. 
Oh, I got a young fella. He's a mohi from from Arawaho and um, Waititi ways. He's coming in. I've already done some work on him a few years ago. Now I think I'm oh, nearly over ten years ago, maybe. He's coming to to complete his legs and his puhoro peha. Um, so he's taking the big step. He's 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 lived a bit of life now and life experience, and he wants to wants to take the the big plunge into taking on a puhoro peha. So he's in, he's on his first day today. Shannon moved to Australia back in 2009 and returned in 2017. With a young family in tow, Shannon's puhoro will represent his whakapapa. So he's going down his uh, paternal side, his, his father's side, and um, we're honed in on his queer's side, and he wants to do one of his tūpuna from Awaho, um, Kahawai. So Kahawai will be the tūpuna that we put on his paituara, which is his um, lower back piece. So we're going to do that in the rape rape, which is the, the buttock spiral design for this first session. How long will you sit today and do mahi? Um, it's depending. 9 o'clock in the morning, half past 9. Yep, so it should take about an hour to, to, to put the design on and then... Uh, up to Shannon whether we do a two to three hour session firstly because um, it's it's full on line work and the intensity of line work most people can handle two to three hours so we'll do that session we'll break for a kite and then we'll come back and probably look at doing another session today so he's looking at a six hours today total I asked him why he decided to get one done in the first place Oh, I've just always wanted to get Puhoro uh, Peha done uh, for for quite a long time now and I just thought it would be um, something quite honourable to get uh, to represent my iwi and my, and my family so yeah that's why I've always wanted it and I've just come into a position now where I can get it done so yeah Quite just as easy as what did your whanau say about it? Oh, they all, yeah, they all pretty excited and happy for me. Um, they know I've wanted it for a long time, so, uh, yeah, they're pretty proud that I'm getting it done. Mm, yeah. Kia ora. Now, obviously you've got some work done, so what does uh, what does moko mean to you? Oh, yeah, moko means, you know, it's uh, like broadcasting my papa for everyone to see. And, yeah, just because, you know, I want to wear it on me because I'm proud of where I come from. So are you ready for a long... Well, it's actually not a lot. It's actually done in stages, eh? So yeah. that's probably a good thing, yeah, eh? Yeah, no, it is. It is. I've, I've done sessions about this long before, um, but you still feel every line, you know. You still feel everything. Does For you, does tamako hurt? How do you cope with the pain? Um, well, I just... Just deal with it, I suppose, you know, it's, once it's done, it's done. And, um, yeah, just, I, just, I don't know, it's just the, the excitement of getting it done and, and uh, having it and getting to wear it carries you through the pain, I think. Puhoro, you're about to feel pain <laughs> in some pretty sensitive areas, being the puhoro, of course, the buttocks area and yep. the back leg area. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, um, I know it's going to be... Uh, Probably an experience like no other one yet, but um, yeah, still the excitement to to uh, be able to wear my whakapapa on me um, will carry me through the pain, I think, you know.
Richard's background in the arts and muko stems back to Toi Haukura, but since that time he's travelled the world, he's taken part in renovations of marae across Aotearoa, and was part of the team that carved Rongo Marairua Marae at Te Papa Museum. We were lucky to be tunnelled by uh, Cliff Whiting, and I was I was lucky too because Cliff was one of my art, artist models that I did a lot of my visual arts off um, using custom wood and modern colours, and so to work under Cliff was 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 immense for me. It was a turning point. It took us a year and a half, so we'd sort of be on rotation. All these Polytech students would be on rotation with under Cliff for three weeks at a time. And so we were the um, initial carvers that went down to flesh out the what would be the templates for the following students to come through. But working after, uh, under Cliff as well was was um, a great experience. That kind of modern take, 3D, bright colours, pinks and greens, what was your interpretation of that at the time? Yeah, we, we were lucky with Toi Hokura because obviously the name the, it was contemporary um, arts, and so we we sort of ripped off ripped all the t- uh, traditional barriers and that we put in place, um, pulled away the layers, and we found that traditionally they use those colours anyway, and the Tairafati is, is a very colourful place, and so those were the colours we were already working with, and we were sort of always pushing boundaries, you know, even even with Moko, it was we were told in the early 90s to stop doing it because. It, it was an art form that almost had died out, but being you know the, the, the artist and being under someone like Derek, we just kept with Kauki the co-popper and just kept on you know not not listening to all of that noise and just just following through with trying to revive this art form and get it back to you know the integrity that it has today. So Moko, you spent four years as a um under the mentorship of Derek Lardelli, um, you described you know you were stretching the skin, travelling obviously with him. When did you actually um, do your first moko? <laughs> yeah, the old school apprenticeship. You know, the clean up, the set up, the draw up, the, the breakdown, all of that stuff. And I was, I was you know, the old, the old term, the the bum boy for Derek for four years. And it was in 1996 down in an exhibition, uh, Wellington City Art Gallery, Patua exhibition under Te Aitinga. We'd um, hung the exhibition, and so what we were doing in the public arena was um, uh, tāmoko demonstrations. Mm, Patua was the name. Patua was the name of the exhibition, 1996. And um, it was the first day, and in, in my, my good mate, Hirini Matete, was getting his puhoro finished off his legs. And so I was drawing the design on with the texta, and Derek came in and he looked at the setup. I'd set up the gears for him, and, and we were ready to roll first session. And um, Derek did a couple of lines on Hidini's legs just to see how Hidini would go, and he was doing pretty well. And then I was sitting there stretching, and Derek just handed the gun over to me. And he said, you want to do moko? Here you go. So this was after four years of stretching. I said, oh, yeah, I really want to do this art form now. And so he, he watched my first couple of lines, and um, you know he just corrected my technique a little bit, and then... He said, oh, well, I'll see you later. And he didn't return till 5 o'clock that day. And so, and what time was that that he left? Yeah, that was like 10 in the morning. <laughs> so seven hours later he came back. Oh. Yeah. So I was lucky. My good mate hit and he looked down and he said, no, no, go for it, bro, go for it. And so we just, we floundered our way through our first day. And, and three weeks later I was where I was. So it was, it was pretty um, sink or swim, yeah, sink or swim sort of situation. Yeah. So when Derek came back at 5 o'clock, do you remember his quarter or two? Yeah, they told me. Oh, you know, he, was, like, he could tell by the lines, being you know, being the expert he was. He could tell by you know, 
what I was doing wrong and where, where I needed to correct myself. So that was the learning curve. And that, that's just how we learnt in those days, in that old school way. You, you do your apprenticeship and then you just get chucked in the deep end. So 1996, obviously it's been about 20, 22 years, um, and in Rotorua you've talked about various, a couple of marae and been here at studio, so where has Tamoko since that period taken you? Yeah, I, well, I always learnt it to bring it home. Um, when I moved home in 2002, I was the only moko artist in Rotorua. You know, we had the same sort of corridor come back, people were going, oh, you know, who's this fella trying to, trying to do moko here and da-da-da-da. But then I just stuck to it and, and got the backing of my, my hapu and iwi firstly. So, so I'd moko a lot of my family, do a lot of the, the aroha jobs so that the, the moko got out there. And aroha then, meaning? Um, <laughs> meaning for koha mote koha or, or, know, or, or tempo, <laughs> a bit of yeah. a handshake and a cheer, thanks for that cuz. Um. But um, you got to go through those sort of things to, to get the art form out there and... Um, then people started realising that I was serious about what I do. Um, so now in 2018, 16 years later, there's over, I think, 15 to 20 moko artists in Wotorua itself. Two or three studios and then the rest sort of work from home and up-and-coming young fellas. I've, I've had a hand in helping a few of them along the way. And, and that's what it's all about. It's all about the the integrity and the, the development of the art form. That's what I'm all about. So the more the... Over the years, as the language, moko and Māori tikanga or customs are being revitalised, the issue of the Māori language that you should speak it before you get moko is widely debated, as was the debate on social media and in the news of Sally Anderson, a Pākehā woman who has a moko kauai, a facial moko. Richard shares his views first here about the Māori language and whether one should learn te reo before receiving moko. Yeah, it's interesting, that, that debate, um, because, you know, our generation, we weren't brought up with te reo. Um, my father was one of the ones that got a beat out of him. So when I tried to take it on at school, he told me, ah, waste, waste of time, you know, waste of time doing that, that stuff. This is in the 80s. And then I watched, you know, having, having taught at Rākau Manga, I watched the next generation come through and they all, you know, i roto i te reo, i so they're different types of kids, you know, they come out with their reo. Um, you know, uh, the, it's a bit of a bit of a debate. I reckon a toto nei, I reckon if you're born uh, whakapapa Māori, it doesn't really matter what, what language you're speaking. So as long as your nako is, is Māori and, and you adhere to being Māori, then moho you, you obtain in, in terms of birthright. So the blood that runs through your veins, that's, that's what it's really about, moho. It comes from that whakapapa. Um, so moho is a, a symbol of that identity and their connection to their blood. And so language is a funny thing because some people missed out on the language because of those things that happened in the you know, the 40s and the 50s. Whole generations missed out. And then we have generations now that were that first lang- that our first language Māori. And so that's a bit of a bit of a good debate there about moho. Yeah. Um, you know, you go to Australia now and you have third generation people that were born born and bred in Australia, but they 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 visually Maori, they look Maori, their their last name's Maori, they have Papa Maori, you know, and they go, G'day mate, I would like to get a tattoo, 
and you go, oh, oh you mean moko. <laughs> <laughs> the word kiri tuhi was a word we made um, in tuhi. Nah, it was about 1999-2000. Tuhi was our national body under Toi Māori, and we made the word kiri tuhi up um, to separate it out from moko so that non-Māori could start wearing our motif, our, our, our designs that looked um, Māori, so kiri was the skin and tuhi is to write, so we made the word for non-Māori to obtain. Many years later, from that term being um, conceptualised, um, I've talked to artists who say moko was moko. There is no dif- differentiation. What's Between your... Between kiri tuhi and So moko was moko, mm. despite moko being on a pākehā, oh, okay, uh, yeah. mana a Māori, because of the yeah. patterns and the symbolism of moko. Yeah, well... That, that's, a, that's another debate because why we made kiritūhi, the art form kiritūhi up, was to separate it out from moko. So it's like a Pātū Watawata situation where moko is within the marae and the people and then outside that marae is kiritūhi. Um, so if a person, non-Māori, came in and wanted a moko, I would say to them, I, I can't give you a moko because those designs pertain to those people. Oh, I can give you a kiri tuhi though, and, and it's something that will look like moko, but it, it is not moko. Back to Shannon. It's a week later, and I join this tamoko session to see how his puhoro is progressing. Yeah, this is the third session, our first session today, day two. So we did two sessions on the first day, and uh, the two sessions consisted of about three, three and a half hours on their first day. Um, this is day two, so we're doing the YY Mato, the the right leg. And just give us a brief outline of what's been done to date. To so date is we've done the Paituara and the Rape Rape, so that's the the buttock area and the lower back region. But uh, Shannon's quite a tall fella, so his, his lower back actually goes right by right to the top, middle, middle, yeah, what's he about middle six, back. Six two, six yeah, three, six one. Six one. Kapai. And when we talk about the Kupu Puhoro, what does that mean, the lower, the back region? Like, what, what areas of the body is it? Yeah, the puhoro um, was the design on the bottom of the waka that, that thrashed or cut through the waves. So pu is the source and horo is speed. So it was the source of the speed breaking through the waves. When the waka was parked up and we migrated down from Hawaii, um, we took the design, the puhoro, and then put it onto the legs. So we mokored it onto the legs and called it the puhoro design onto the legs, hence the thighs being the, the source of your speed. Um, the buttock area is the rapa rapa, and then the paituara is the lower back, and the overall design is called a peha. Feeling alright Shannon? Feeling yeah. good? Yep. yep. So Rich is just doing the outlines at the moment. And does this tell a particular story? Do these sim- this your leg here, or represent anything for you? Yeah, this is my. Oh. Oh, so you got your fucker fucker, right? Yeah. So this is your interpretation of what um, Shannon wants, eh, Richard? Yeah. Yeah. So in Tarawa, we have two manu that came on the Tarawa waka, and the two manu were uh, Torea, or some say Torua, the albatross. And they were brought over on the Tarawa Waka. And so he has a long, the albatross is down on one side of his leg. It's the long beak of the Tōroa or Tōrea. And then on the other side, he'll have the other Tōroa or Tōrea. 
and those are his two hapu, so Fakaue and uh, Rangiwewe, he will go on the other side. The Tarawa, Tarawa was a shark, a white pointer, and it's the shark that um, was the kaiara hill. It led our waka Tarawa down, for, down from Hawaii. And so these white pointer sharks that I'm putting in represent his brothers. So he has six brothers, so there'll be six in total. So they symbolise strength and courage and, and the kaitiakitanga that guided us here from Hawaii, the spiritual lands. So Richard was saying before, the inner area of the leg is the softer part of the body and therefore it's probably going to hurt a bit more. That's the fun part. What's the pain threshold at the moment? Like 10 being really sore and 1 being not okay? What's the oh. Seven. Seven, yeah. Yep. So bearable, but yeah. still... Just yep. enough to sit you uncomfortable, but not too painful. Yeah. Actually, again, when we get to the inside. <laughs> <laughs> inside the small space where Richard works, on the walls are photos of ancestors. Richard says the photos can be a source of inspiration for his clients when they receive their muko. But there's one photo in particular, the group Te Uhi, most of which are still practising the art form. So in the photo we have Julie on the left, uh, Derek Lardelli, Mark Kopua, Ricky Manuel, Rangi Skipper and then myself on the right. So there was Te Uhi at the time. We did a mokopapa there and it was based on puhoro. So each artist had five or six puhoro underway and and we did a nine-day wānanga. So there was, what, six times five, thirty puhoro walking around in their G-strings at Te Papa Tongarewa, <laughs> 2004. <laughs> and so all these tupuna represent what for you, um, uh, Richard? The Goldie um, paintings and Lindoa paintings that are hanging uh, the, off our Kuiya Karaua, they're a cross-section of the, the North Island, so um, we have uh, Whare Papa from up Ngāpui, Tiki Tere from here, Rotorua, um, Te Aho Terangi, Whare Pū, he was from Ngāti Mahanga, and so that, that's my... Um, connection into uh, Wahi Pā, Rākaumanga, Rāhui Pōkeka, and then Riwi, Riwi Maniapoto, uh, Rangi Tope Ora, and then we have the photo of them doing the traditional uhi work from Rindaua, and then Kingi Tāwhiao, the king, the, the second king, Māori king, is above the door. And so when people lay down lay down on my table and they look up and they look for inspiration, they can look up to the, the past and, and see that you know, this is where we are in the, in the modern world, but these, these people, they were the ones that, that fought for us and, and, and kept the, the art form alive. And so not only are you a tamako artist, you're also a carver? You're an artist? You've got, is that a piece that you aye, did behind you? Aye. Yep, so through Toi Haukura, I sort of was the one that, that put my hand to everything so I can carve paint, um, coach a bit of rugby, do a bit of taiaha, a little bit of kapahaka, you know. Um, so just put my hand to everything, jack of all trades and master of none, my dad used to say. But, um. <laughs> Ka pai, um, o karikahi korero kaitu ki tēra, Richard Francis, uh, tāmoko artist here at Toi Araki Studio. Rotorua, tēnei te mihi, kia koe. Kia ora. Kia ora, mate. Kia ora, nā mihi. He toi moko, he mana tangata. He toi moko is uh, where there is the art of moko, he mana tangata, the integrity of the people is intact. So like me and Ahu are short and sweet. He mihi mahana tēne ki a tātou katoa, hoki mai a te rā tapu e tū mai nei, mauri tū, mauri ora.
Standing round. 